All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Anchor of the Week. First of all, it's been a while. It has, yeah. Yes. Too long. Too long. Buzzing to be back. Yes, we are back. We are continuing our series on the World Wide Web. Um, we had a nice little break for the holidays, but we are back to jump into it. And as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, we are live on location today. Yes. Yes. We, and we have a guest. <laughs> if you didn't see that either. Yes, yeah. <laughs> This is an exciting time because this is our first official like road trip away. It's yes. an away day for the team. Yes, we took we took Zach's car and we drove it on yep. to Bristol, <laughs> all to interview this woman right here, yes. Jade Parnell. Honored, <laughs> honored. <laughs> yes. No, Jade. You will actually. Sorry, Doctor Jade Parnell. Yeah. Right now. Thank Congratulations. You. Yeah. Thank you um, very much. Yes, no, you are here. You are a, correct me if I'm wrong, um, a psychology researcher. Yeah. Yes, here we go. At the University of the West of England, uh, specifically at the Center of Appearance Research. Correct. Yes, and today... U of, U of E, is that... Yui, we U- say U- that U- for U- short U- here in oh, Bristol. Love that. That's yeah. cute. Yui. Yui. Lingo. Yeah. yeah. So if you hear us saying Yui, it's just because now we're from here. So <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at. That's yeah. where we're Exactly. We're vibing. Exactly. Now. We're <laughs> alumni. I think we're honorary alumni. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, today we're going to talk um, to Jade about she does all this research about um, body image, especially in young people. We're gonna see how that ties to social media, um, as that's what we've been talking about for the past few episodes, several episodes actually. Um, yeah, so we, in the words of Zach, are buzzing for this. Um, yeah. yeah. Jade, do you want to start off just by giving us kind of like a little like context of you? So maybe your role here at Yui. Um, and <laughs> nice. yeah, your areas of specialty, I know we kind of touched on them. You'd be able to give us, you know, more on that. Yeah, thank you. I would say as well, thanks again for coming all this way. It's so lovely to have you. And um, yeah, I so I'm here at, at UWE and yes. <laughs> at the Centre for Appearance Research specifically, which is based at the University of West of England. And um, here at, at the Centre for Appearance Research, we also call it CAR for short. There we Just go. a lot of acronyms yeah, yeah, yeah. so we we're like gonna be those. really with the lingo about yeah. the end of this so we say car here um and i currently work as a research psychologist at the research center which is a team of about 35 of us wow there's a few um lots of people really all invested in the topic of body image and appearance research so that's kind of what we do here yeah. um we deal with topics about social media and body mm. image and it's effect quite importantly yeah. on everyone um yeah. but also we deal with a lot of research in visible differences mm. so we've got some people that work within like military personnel and the impact that it might have if they uh, sustain injuries oh, on, wow. during combat right. Interesting. and the long-term effects that might have so such a variety of yeah, cool yeah. exciting projects and i've just kind of I say just in August I completed my PhD congratulations Uh, thank you that is a big feat (laughs) oh it feels like so long ago now but it also yeah was such a big part of my life for so long Uh, and so yeah I did my PhD it was kind of focusing on young children Mm -hmm. and young children's stigma and attitudes towards a range of appearances particularly appearances that we say are diverse Mm. typically not as represented very well. Uh, So we talk about like ethnic minority, disabilities, also higher weight, and trying to promote acceptance in those young children because it is very important to do that as well. These attitudes develop young, it's problematic. Wow. And uh, so that's my specific research focus, but yeah, Yeah. lots of cool things happening here at CAR. So if, so, I mean, talk me through, because I'm, I genuinely don't have a clue how this works. (laughs) Like when you say researcher, is that like, you're on the computer most of the day, uh, most of the day, or you've got like 
I guess, experiments or you just, I guess, what is it? What does your day look like, I guess? Yeah, well, I suppose that varied pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. We we are a little bit more and we're a little bit more at home. Um, So there's a variety of things that happen. We do experiments, exactly, research uh, with people, participants that we Mm. say uh, who are important to us and we want to understand more about their lives their mm-hmm. experiences that's the what really drives us and then once we have that data once we uh, know more about the people that we want to understand more about we publish that research we disseminate our knowledge and that yeah. scientific mm-hmm. understanding so what we are saying isn't just being plucked out of nowhere right uh it's yeah. not that kind of like you know someone who's wrote a facebook status and that's <laughs> yeah, it yeah. like yeah. that's come from you know someone who thinks that those are a fact but this is stuff that we've put time and effort in it takes serious stringent uh processes to be able to do this ethically to Mm. make sure that our research is actually robust and has merit so that's kind of what we do in terms of where we are sometimes we're in schools I've done Mm. a lot of work in schools before and I really love that working with the children adolescents teens all those people is so important um, some people, yeah, work with the armed forces, lots of really cool yeah. varieties. Wow. So it looks different depending on what you're doing, who yeah. you're researching. But the main aim is that we want to know more scientific research understanding and get that out there in journals, published papers and to everyone through podcasts, things like yes. this, yeah. trying yes. to share that knowledge. Amazing. Which, side note, Jade has her own yes. podcast. We'll plug that multiple yeah, times during this one. Thank it's you. called Appearance Matters. Yeah? Yes, it is. Appearance Matters, go. the podcast. Get it on anywhere you like your podcast. There we go. <laughs> you know how it is. And again, we will plug that periodically. Um, Thanks. <laughs> amazing. So now diving into our topic of today. Um, so we've been on this, this series of the internet and technology and how it affects us in a lot of different areas of life. Yeah. Um, we have talked about mental illness. Um, but I think specifically body image, like I think it deserves its own episode, it does, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because the way that we are perceiving ourselves these days is totally altered now by our lives being lived on social media. Um, so there any even kind of just like off the cuff thoughts on that, you know, and how, how they were like, how have you seen that maybe in your research? Um, yeah, and then we can kind of dive off from there. But if you have any starting statements. Ah, oh, yeah. Do you know, the thing is, just firstly, it's such an important topic, but such a massive thing, isn't mm. it? Like you said, it's so all-encompassing. Social media is so there in our lives. It's accessible. It filters into so many ways um, that it can impact us. Not just our body image, but body image is definitely something mm. it can really yeah. impact and affect. So when we're talking about this topic, you say just one episode. I'd also say multiple, you know, this is something yeah. that you could talk about and it could vary depending on the type of social right. media or the type of person. Mm. And there's so many layers there to it to unpack. Um, so this this research area is really important uh something that we do a lot of work on here at car but also lots of researchers globally do particularly in the us the uk and australia quite westernized um which is a problem within research anyway Mm. we acknowledge that that is a limitation and Mm. more global research is needed interesting yeah. yeah but like i think um in terms of social media there is definitely a wealth of research out there that has it showed the impact, the negative impact that it can have. 
there's longitudinal research so happening over a sustained period of time that says the more like long-term sustained in, uh, engagement with social media platform the more negative effect that this can have on people right. uh the in comparison to some of the previous research within traditional media so just to unpack that a little bit we have in our body image research world mm-hmm. traditional media your tv your magazines your billboards yep. right and then you got the social media and we known for years traditional media really can be harmful mm-hmm. but with traditional media it's celebrities you're passive engagers you're not actually creating the content right social media has so many extra layers of you're not nec- you're not just the person engaging the content yeah. but you also get to put yourself in the driver's seat wow and i like to think of it as like you know you can be in the passenger seat looking scrolling engaged like just randomly looking at your your news feed mm-hmm. but you can also create the content put yourself in the driver's seat mm-hmm. and i mean in, when you're driving a car you can't always necessarily know what other people are doing on the road and you don't have complete control yeah we'll say that and social media you don't have a whole wealth yeah. of control someone could still hit you and that's like it can happen mm-hmm. but you do have that extra layer of being able to drive a little bit right make that content and choose what you might want to engage in a bit more versus yeah. traditional media where you just kind of were you know sitting ducks <laughs> yeah um so there's a different yeah. element there does this start because i mean uh, i know your work is a lot more with the younger kind of generation if you like um does it start there then is that kind of obviously now social media is much more accessible to those sort of ages especially to compared to what it used to be but is that just a starting point of where this is kind of built i guess it is it is and i know that social media has some sort of age restrictions mm. you know um for really so- easy to go around that though. yeah i yeah, know <laughs> right that's my point i was just yeah exactly what i was yeah. just about to say and that doesn't mean that the people follow that and there is definitely since the pandemic but this has been pre-pandemic as well yeah um the connectedness that people need to feel children who weren't able to actually go into school and engage with peers there was that real element of, well, social media added that level of connectedness that we needed. We Mm. really did. And I think that, yes, young children are being presented more with social medias at such an early age. And as researchers, we struggle sometimes to keep up with the ever-changing environment of social Mm. media. We find, you know, like, TikTok is far more popular now than it was a few years ago. And we've got lots of research on Facebook and some some on Instagram, but a little bit less on there because it takes a couple of years for us to catch up. That's true. To do the process of the research and the quality it needs. We have to take time to do it. And so we find that by the time we've got that data, we're like, oh, there's a next thing. So we're chasing our tails. Yeah, it's always like social media is a step ahead, right? It is. And so we're like, okay, we know this is harmful and um, we know this can have a negative effect. But then there's like, well, what if this happens? Or what if we do that? Or what if it's more video content versus um, Mm -hmm. images? What does that mean? And we can't necessarily tease that out quite simply in such a short space of time. Yeah, right. So it is definitely something that we are a bit behind on and that is acknowledged but what we do definitely know is that young children engage in it early um it can have a harmful negative effect and there are some key key elements that really can play into the impact that it has Mm. on people so one thing that research shows is that a key component is appearance comparisons Mm. so um 
uh, social media is related to having negative body image the more you're engaging it but there is also this influence of the type of social media that you're engaging with yeah. if it's very appearance heavy and you're more likely to compare your appearance to others which almost happens automatically yeah, yeah for yeah, sure yeah. this isn't something people can just stop for doing sure, yeah. but the more people compare themselves or the more tendency they have to compare themselves with the images the more negative the outcome is right and that's another key element to social media, right? In comparison to uh, traditional media where it was celebrities who we didn't know. Social media, these are our friends. These are our people we went to school with or people we are going to school with. Yeah. And so these are direct comparisons. We can be like, oh my God, they've they've got a new BMW. I don't, you know, yeah. as well as the appearance elements of, oh, they've lost weight, blah, blah, blah. How has this happened? All these things that really drive and that yeah. appearance comparison, massive, massive poignant thing here in this context so interesting that like because i guess when i think of it i think okay people are looking at influences and obviously the impression they put on and it can be very fake i mean not all influences sure but but it's easier to know that it's fake i guess yeah and almost in my head it's like that's what that people are comparing to a lot more but actually you're right i think like they're comparing themselves even just to their friends like that they see day-to-day yeah and and also comparing yourself to yourself in the past you know Mm. when you get those like time hop images of (gasps) you 10 years ago (laughs) you're like whoa 10 years ago I was this that you know yeah and you compare yourself to yourself there's loads to unpack I've never thought about that (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know gonna make a new note for that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I think appearance comparisons but they happen in multiple ways with your friends um even with Instagram or other social media influencers comparing yourself if you are a similar age and also there's this different dynamic right where with celebrities with traditional media it was kind of like you were given that information but where you're in social media if you're following influencers you feel an almost kind of akin likeness to or you almost see them as an acquaintance in some ways there can be a different dynamic at play and so there's this element of what does that mean for the influence that has on body image and your the way that you feel about the way you look. Yeah. And research is saying, yeah, it's not not that helpful. Yeah. Yeah. If you're engaging in very appearance heavy content and you are more likely to compare yourself to those images, then you are more likely to have those negative outcomes of yeah. body image concerns. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's it's so hard to stay away from any like appearance related content. Especially like Instagram, whatever. I mean, it was maybe different for you. I don't know. You're really into fitness. So maybe it goes yeah. you get like the algorithm suggests a lot of that for you, which could be the same. Yeah. But I know for me, every time it's it's beauty this, makeup that, like, you know, and then you're just staring at people's faces and going, wait, why why is my face not that symmetrical? Or like how you know, that doesn't work on my eye shape or something like that. And then all of a sudden you start to to compare and things like that, which is yeah. It's really important. And also I'd like to add that this this isn't just um this is really important for people who have appearances that really kind of we say differ slightly from the appearance norm mm. or appearance ideal so we say people who have like a visible difference for example yeah. mm-hmm. um and there has been some serious and important campaigns by like face equality international and changing faces where it's like, i'm not your villain mm. because a lot of people who have say for example a facial scar or a facial burn are often likened to especially within media like Disney, for example, I mean, Lion King Scar was the villain. He has a scar. Yeah. Oh. Think of yeah. like children, like your point yeah. there, children watch that. You you internalize that at such young age. And there was almost, there was a, like, 
I correct me if I'm wrong, but this is something that I'm trying to um, recollect. There was like a filter that was on Instagram and it was like how um, your beauty wants, you put your face on the filter and how your beauty was, whether you were 10 or whether you, and it morphed oh, wow. you into a different person. And the yeah. person who was like on the really ugly spectrum had a visible difference. No way, come yeah, on. Yeah, really. And it's like, that's how, and it was almost seen as like something that was a trend to follow. Yeah that can have such a huge impact on someone who has a visible difference. Yeah. These people, that's their lives. Yeah. That's like really difficult to live in those contexts if people are making that seem like such a negative thing, you yeah. know? So it's it's got a lot of impact across the board, not just, you know, people yeah. who have appearances that typically fit the norm, yeah. but those who are have more diverse appearances yeah. as well. Yeah. And understanding that, it's not that we come onto social media a complete blank space, you know, that we all have these prejudices or biases, right? As you said, even from Lion King. And I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. Like the subliminal messages that we're receiving so that when we get onto social media, you know, I mean, for us, we didn't grow up with it, you know, but when we downloaded it, we already had the, I think the, what would you call it? Appearance comparison, right? Yeah. But then it was just like amped up. Yeah. This is, yeah. I mean, because... You know, something that we've thought a lot about is how social media is actually just the tool, almost. And it's just the thing that speeds the process up, if you like, of the insecurities that you actually have within you. So, you know, I mean, social media is poor and it's, you know, there's a lot of bad things about it. But it's also, it just highlights a lot of insecurities in, in us. In, um, like, humanity. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so we've been very much like, well, you know, social media is bad. And it's not good the way we're going about things. But also, I feel like the solutions are much more within, right? You know, and the, I mean, you nod your head. I'll let you share. No, there's, on. yeah, I'm no, I'm nodding because I'm in agreement. But I'm also like thinking about what you're saying because it's yeah. also, it's really interesting because exactly, yeah. We, like the analogy I used earlier, we can get in the driver's seat, create content, but we can also be passengers scrolling for our feeds. But mm. the, the social media, the driver is the car, right? The vehicle that mm. we're in. So, but we can kind of choose to take it to what space we want. And that's the algorithm, isn't it? That's yeah. the yeah. the decisions. And we kind of, feel we often assume that social media that we see is the same as everyone else but actually that's it's such, so different uh, yeah yeah it's scarily different right yeah. mm -hmm. and um i think that that's a real interesting point that you're saying about the idea of what what we're going to choose to engage in and it's emphasizing what we might enjoy content wise so if we like beauty content makeup those yeah. kind of things mm. then we are going to see more of that content understandably but then what does that mean for uh, comparisons and what mm -hmm. we see and how we view ourselves in in reverse yeah it's like a mirror isn't it to our own lives yeah and it is it is highlighting some some key elements it's scary i think that on that note my point mainly would be that and I hope that this happens more going forward, but social media needs to be held quite strongly accountable mm, for yeah. what what can happen as a result. And this, we say body dissatisfaction is, we like to point out a public health issue. Mm. This is a public health issue. Yeah. There we have this thing called normative discontent. It was a like a term coined in the eighties, but it, it means wow. that we are so unhappy now with the way that we look through the mediums of social media, through marketing, through advertising, telling us, you know, we should look a certain way, that we just hate ourselves. And especially women, more so men now as well. Mm. And it's it's scary because it's 
it's almost normative discontent. It's normal to not like yourself. Yeah. That's the normal thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So yeah, yeah, I'm even thinking like in my friend groups, even now and in the past. Yeah, like 100%. What is our conversation topic? Rarely like, oh my gosh, I love myself. You know, like, you know. Yeah, you like yeah. How many times do you say this? And we have these, I've, I've kind of done, this is a bit of a side note, but uh, interventions, working groups with young adolescent girls. Really? Yeah, and uh, we do this peer-led thing where we sit around and it's it's called the Succeed Body Image Intervention. It's really cool. I love it. It's three... Um, sessions that we do about a couple of hours long we sit with girls and we talk about this and we say this is a real difficulty and everyone comes forward with oh my god I feel like this I don't get to talk about it much this makes me feel really concerned and the influence it can have but then we do these powerful things where we go around and we say I want everyone to say I love my and choose something physically about your appearance that you love because as girls we do not say this no we don't. We and have our go-to if someone asks, you know, like, oh, my eyes, you know, but then, like, that's it. That's like, it. <laughs> and we, we actually, that's a really good point because, yeah, Courtney, we say, oh, choose something that you don't normally, want, like, say. Or also something that is completely, typically not the appearance norm. Like, mm. I love my stretch marks, mm. you know, especially for like women who have had a child who might, yeah. you know you birthed a child you created life wow yeah you then you have all these appearance pressures yeah. you know i mean i don't have any children yeah but neither I can, do i but i can only imagine yeah, yeah this is it so the the levels of difficulty wow. that this has and it, it's scary but agreed we never say very often i love my i love my boobs so yeah. when seeing a teenage girl do that i was like yeah girl you go yeah like, literally come <laughs> on do that I love so where this. are these held? I think I need to join one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it is. It's a powerful movement. You feel yeah. like a strong space. Yeah. Because we don't do it. Why? Why? Because of the normative dissatisfaction. Is that what it's called? Normative content. Yeah. Oh, normative it's, content. It, yeah. Discontent. Yeah. Normative, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, yeah, normative discontent. Normative content is what I we're was, going for, right? That's yeah. what we want. <laughs> that's the goal. That's the aim. Uh, so, yeah, that's the kind of difficulties that we have in society. Wow. Yeah. We're all hating ourselves and it's n- just making the space tricky yeah tough yeah yeah before we continue because i know i know we're gonna take this and i'm loving it Um, (laughs) but i want to go back to filters for a minute yeah um, because this is something that is really i don't know i've been thinking about it a lot recently i know he's even telling kaylee um our our camera camera person shout out um, shout out out, who actually also happens to be my housemate so she gets a lot of uh, a lot of my late night talks um but I was saying that all of a sudden the algorithm decided on Instagram Reels that what I loved watching, which I kind of did, was people with beauty filters on and then taking them off and being like, this is what I actually look like. This like this is such a catfish. Mm. Um, and literally it was like every video. And I was just like, oh my word. Like we know that beauty filters are, you know, they make your nose smaller, whatever the beauty standard is at the time, I, I suppose. Um, but how... Like, I know, like, I've struggled with body dysmorphia and, like, body image a lot, you know, in in my life. And how I, if I was in a more unhealthy space, especially if I was a teenager, how I would have, like, freaked out that I didn't look like that, you know, and only would have posted photos with a filter, Mm -hmm. you know. And I don't know if you have anything to kind of speak into that other than it's horrible. (laughs) Um, But maybe something more for the person that's listening to this, you know, however old they are, you know, being like, wow, well, when you're bombarded with this is called the beauty filter or this is called, you know, pretty face or this is called whatever, you know, they're all called these things. How do we, I don't know, not get, I guess, 
I, I don't know. Insecure about <laughs> it. Insecure about it yeah. or even worse. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what do we do? Do you have any well, any insight? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I think there's a couple of things there. Firstly, like what the research would say about that's effect, which isn't necessarily telling you what to do yet, but it is telling you what effect it might be mm. having. And there are, um, there's, there was a study that came out in, I think it was 2021. So only last year about um, Snapchat um dysmorphia mm. and how mm-hmm. the the idea that you'll view they kind of view whether you're doing a selfie or video like selfie that is automatically putting a filter on at the time when you're doing it uh or whether you are posting a, a profile or a post in a grid like on instagram and you're adding that filter on post after mm-hmm. the image has been taken still there is that idea that you are changing your appearance yeah. and when you view, I'm just picturing, you know, your phone and it's throwing your image back at you, but with a filter on, there is that thing that they say, Snapchat dysmorphia, where yeah. you're kind of, especially for young teens, you start to have, they're building a self-identity there. They're trying to understand the concept as a teenager. I mean, we've all been there. You're trying to understand who am I? Yeah. What is my identity here? Yeah. And your image is an important factor in that, yeah. uh, especially in the society we're in now. And if you're seeing yourself on your phone, your filters thrown back at you with, like you say, smoothed complexion, smaller nose, bigger lips, bigger eyes, then what is that going to do? Like, I, I, It's scary for yeah. me because that's yeah. a really important part, like time. I'm not sure. That's, uh, that's something we need to work out yeah. long term. Like, because... Actually, there was a study that one of my uh, colleagues who used to work here at CAR, Georgia Treneman Evans, did. Uh, shout out to her; she's a friend of mine as well. Um, <laughs> hey, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. So she she did some really interesting research with uh, teenage girls and interviewed them, and asked them like about using doing selfies and also the use of filters, and they all tended to use filters. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, they all said it didn't really matter it wasn't really having an effect on them like it wasn't really a problem Uh, that's alarming right so the alarming (laughs) point here is they might not be quite aware of what like effect this is having yeah because other research has shown that yes it is having an impact these these uh filters or viewing these images is negatively impacting um young girls in fact they they tend to say they it affects them negatively especially if they're high on appearance comparisons that key element Mm. that we talked about earlier Mm. okay and so on this note as well with filters and you even talked about you know it makes your lips look bigger and you know smaller and eyes bigger and all of this that is based on a beauty standard that somehow we've all accepted yeah is the beauty filter the beauty standard where where does it even come from you know and i like, I, I know it's changed throughout history, obviously, when you look back, you know, and you can watch these videos of what, like, the ideal beauty was, you know, from, I don't know, since, like, the 40s or something. But where does it even come from? And how do we, as a society, just go along with that? You know, like, why does no one think about this? Yeah, honestly. Yeah, um, the, so I wanted to firstly mention so the beauty standard. Um, also in body image research, we call it the appearance ideal. Okay. Uh, okay. In inverted commas. Um, cool. yeah. And interestingly, like exactly what you just said, Courtney, that I can go, I've been into schools and asked teen boys and girls, what are the appearance ideals? Like, and they can unequivocally all list them like they're all exactly the same kind of 
notion, you know, for women being hairless, all those kind of things. Um, Yeah, having clear skin, all situations like that, big eyes and the filters add to those things, exactly as you said. But when we, yeah, historically, this this has been around for so long. It's tough to kind of even pinpoint like, like what exactly is it? But we do know things that have driven okay these and so a lot of it has come from marketing and advertisers right. and companies okay. for example a really good one i just used about females being hairless well biologically that is not what our body wants us to do let's <laughs> yes. be honest uh but yet still we pick up a razor often females um and without question as teens will start to remove our body hair from eyebrows down yes that's the jam right do yeah. it don't question it and that kind of stemmed from uh advertisers and companies like gillette and razor businesses that really wanted to boost their cells. And how do they boost their cells? Well, they just make women feel like their body hair is not worthy. And so then they have to pick up and buy a razor. There's no question. And then they find things like, as they want to boost their cells further, they do extra layers like male grooming. And then we find more towards males with their grooming of their body hair Mm. and their facial hair. It's all as a means to sell. So every time we find that these things kind of really take poignancy, it's typically historically because some sort of advertiser or marketing has tried to sell itself by making you feel awful. (laughs) Uh, Buy this product, do this, and you'll feel great. This lipstick is all you've ever needed. Like, you you know, this foundation will make your, like, skin flawless. That filter you thought you needed, you don't, hun. Oh, my gosh. You know, and these, they're doing it to, to make you feel like this is what you need. And it's, they sell your unhappiness (laughs) to make you buy their products so you think that will make you feel better about yourself but in essence Mm. they're the problem and social media has just taken that and driven it up because then they can advertise through those mechanisms right yeah and social media is far more accessible Mm. so that's true it's painful but one thing I'd like to know and it's something that's really important is historically it's changed as you said those videos it shifted you had like 1920s flapper girl then you got you know 1960s Marilyn Monroe quite curvaceous yeah uh, for females and and males there's been different levels you know like you know really muscular and then sometimes like quite uh slim the the noughties not noughties but the early 2000s yeah that we call like heroin chic yes oh yeah very thin grungy like those are those are all different movements and you find that just as one thing changes another kind of it kind of adapts to something else yeah and this also is culturally significant, and that's really important to know. This is a yeah. lot of Western cultures. Mm. Currently, to date, what we have now is a real divide where in Western societies, we have this notion of being tanned. Mm. Being tanned is shows that you have time and money, wealth to go on all the day, sit, lounge around by the pool, right? you know, enjoy that. Uh, so people fake tan or they do those those things, they purchase products to make their skin more tanned. Mm -hmm. On the contrary, in Eastern countries and Asian countries, there's a real uh, appearance ideal to be really fair skinned, as pale as possible, because that signifies being in an office or quite high up employment versus laboring outdoors. Mm. So they bleach their skin. Some people bleach their skin, which is very dangerous. The chemicals that are in there are very harmful. They know it, the same as tanning beds. You know, the the research shows that can, it has a significant, like, there's a correlation between that and skin cancer. Mm. Yeah. 
But yet, they do it. We and still do it. We're on this this planet Earth right now in 2022. I mean, whatever that means. I know. <laughs> we won't get into that. <laughs> and those are two appearance ideals that are different depending on different cultures. So yeah. to answer that, like, there isn't one poignant moment in time or space that had this massive effect. But there is a lot of things that have driven these appearance yeah. ideals. And yeah, companies, diet industries, they yeah, they yeah. they all do their bit. Yeah, they're doing their bit. They're putting yeah. their two pence in, and they're making you feel like you have to empty your bank account to pay for looking great. Mm. Wow, yeah. it's interesting. Like when you actually sit down and think about it, because I was like, this is so theoretical, and how do you define it? You know, when it's just kind of like the standard that we've all kind of accepted. But that was so like it's yeah. a business for these people. Like yeah. our lives and our self-perception and our body image and our all of that appearance is a business. It is. It's a scary business. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Penny drop. Do you think, um, I hope I can phrase this right. I, I'm just thinking about how I can put this. But do you think, not that um, females or girls or whatever chase only guys' approval, but I know that can also be a factor in obviously how they want to represent themselves. Do you think, like, our role as men, male, like, do you think that plays quite a significant role in just, in that beauty standard almost? It's like rejection and, and acceptance of certain people who only look a certain way or, or I don't know, just all these things that you're highlighting now. Like, do you think that can also be... Yeah, I think, in my opinion, like, everything helps, right? Yeah. Mm. Everything helps. Like, social media being held more accountable, but also, yeah, definitely males or those who identify as male um, often can have a relative position of power in society. Yeah. Uh, as as we know, especially white, able-bodied males uh, who are typically sometimes higher of socioeconomic status, they hold a, quite a significant proportion of yeah. power in our society. So I think that there is a real... Uh, element where they need to be held you know more accountable for being able to put these messages forward and let people know that that they're kind of stand with them the same thing with like uh having that respect for women generally not just about their appearance right but also like the the rape culture and that element Mm. of you know making sure that well women shouldn't need to pretend like to be safe men need to make the space safe that kind of side so I think that that is a really good point Mm. so the more that you know men can make these spaces feel more comfortable for for women to know listen you you know you're great it's not you don't have to feel bad about the way you look but also we know that men feel like that sometimes too. it goes both ways yeah for sure yeah yeah so it's it's a real it's it's a whole person job right yeah I I agree definitely men need to be considerate of themselves but also women and that happens beyond appearance but when I've worked in schools with with the boys and girls in uh, mixed education classes and the teachers doing like a body image class uh, which has always been really fun then I've asked the, the, I've interviewed girls and boys after and have said to the girls what do you think about the boys being there what do you think they were like no I really liked it I wanted to hear what they had to say mm. I wanted to know and the boys would be like I don't really care right now <laughs> but I know I might in the future and I want to be there for the girls and when oh, you wow. heard that that's you're nice. like yeah, that's nice. I like this generation yeah, yeah <laughs> honestly that's that. amazing yeah, that's cool. yeah. <laughs> so I, I say yes it's yeah. the more that can be done and, and males uh, specifically as well men who are in positions of power can yeah. do that to help 
it's just like similar Great. to what Courtney was saying. It's like so many different areas yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> of kind of effect almost, isn't it? It's being responsible for whatever role you have in that. It's so interesting. It yeah. is. Yeah, speaking about responsibility, um, <laughs> this is my segue now. We, yeah. we here at the end of the week, we love, um, <laughs> like we're, we know that we're not victims to our circumstances and that, we, you know, we can, like you have it in you to, to yeah. take responsibility, to take ownership of, you know, these things that are happening around you. Obviously there are to a certain extent, as you said, you're yeah. driving the car, but you're not the car itself. Exactly. You know, we can only take a certain amount of, of control, if you will, or, or ownership. Yeah. Um, but to the best of our abilities, like we've heard all of this, you know, and we've heard, you know, like depressing statistics and just kind of, all right, like this is the the reality of where we're at now with social media and body image or just body image in general. Mm-hmm. But what can we do now? Because we don't want anyone to listen to this and be like, oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, that really sucks. And then go on to their scroll. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even if it's, you know, taking responsibility for themselves or if they know that a friend is struggling with that, like how can, you know, we be actually like looking out for one another in this space that is so chaotic and blurred you know Um, yeah no it's so it's such an important point and we are definitely like you say in the car but we're not the car but um the the social media is such an important part of our lives and we cannot as researchers we know we can't say to people don't use social media right it ain't gonna happen right it's just not feasible but but do you think that would be the solution or no it goes beyond okay there are some things that well as researchers we have moved towards exactly your questions you're saying well okay we know this is awful yeah well what can we do (laughs) and and that's we say we can't say that we don't use social media so we've done there's some research that's been done especially uh here at car and um with the likes of uh, amy slater who is the co-director here at car and it's about buffering the space that we're Mm. in so there's some research about self-compassion quotes and if we start following uh different uh, groups or pages that have self-compassion quotes and we see them in and around the images what can that do and it found that it just buffers the negative effects a little bit oh really it adds that cushion so you're like oh it's not having as much harm as it can do so being able to buffer your feed a little bit when you're seeing those those beauty like images if that's the kind of things you're you're following and responding to then following certain things that mm. maybe like, i mean like like cute dogs that's always great sure. you yeah know, it makes you feel the happy. go-to yeah. that boosts your mood <laughs> research will show you that <laughs> i will tell you yeah. that. <laughs> um, those things can be really helpful at like reducing those negative harmful yeah. effects and another thing is because we know that um, appearance comparisons is a key element again like I say the more things you have in your feed that buffer that aren't humans like that mm. can add less of a appearance element to your feed wow that yeah. can really help you and so that's one side another thing is if you find someone in particular and I know this can be tricky because it can be family and friends sometimes mm. um, who can be quite harmful maybe they're posting things that are making you feel quite uncomfortable uh not necessarily just to do with appearance but generally yeah is to distance yourself from them so used it used to be and this the platforms change all the time like mm-hmm. i say so it's like tough to keep up yeah. in person let alone as a researcher yeah yeah and so you can uh, not necessarily unfollow but hide people yeah 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 i actually i just show my sister how to mute people like in her stories oh, mute. that's the yeah. mute, that's it that's and she it. was like they won't know and i was like no like this is this is one win from instagram right here is that they made a way that like you don't have to block them yeah. you, they you're still following them you just don't see them like yeah. 
yeah. you've got to take those wins. Yeah, right? honestly. <laughs> that is a win. Because there was this real difficulty previously where people were like, exactly what you were saying. Someone's like, I can't unfollow them. That's like, you know, friend from school, but they're doing my head in. And I yeah. can't stand seeing them. Like, they're posting their weight loss pictures. And this is triggering me. Yeah. I'm triggered and I don't like it. And like, those kind of things are so important because we can mute them and it, try and detach ourselves. So if we can be aware, that's the key thing, right? Be yeah. aware. So if we're aware that this is having these effects, then what we should be doing is either buffering, well, is buffering our feeds so that they protect us a little bit, muting people mm. or unfollowing if you don't care, yeah. uh, <laughs> who are making us feel uh, some kind of way. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, there's, there's like also being mindful of what you're posting <laughs> because mm-hmm. remember we can also get in that driver's seat yeah. yeah if we're driving this car and it's it's knocking down everyone left right and center with us you know we need to know that this is we're just we're perpetuating yeah hard word to say yeah. yes <laughs> um we're just perpetuating these negative harmful effects yeah and people might be muting us you know but that's fine they can do that that's boundaries that's that's respect yeah right yeah for sure and one kind of final thing that i have is taking a break if you Mm. need it you know we like we say you can't stop it entirely uh but taking a step back if you need to uh taking time spend physical time if you can Mm. obviously um during the pandemic that wasn't necessarily possible and that connectedness is really important Mm -hmm. but try and you know see people in person if you can enjoy that sociableness with friends and family away Mm. from the screen Mm -hmm. that's key as well yeah absolutely because yeah yeah, you can get wrapped up in this world and it can it can take you down different roads yeah yeah and then before you know it yeah yeah you're three hours on tiktok and yeah. you don't know where you've been or where yeah. you're going yeah. <laughs> well not not like a personal attack no that's but like, that's, that's okay <laughs> just step away after yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. these yeah. are really cool points actually um i guess for me my only i wonder if you ever thought about because these are all like okay i'm comparing someone on my social media and that's a trigger almost to the insecurity that's inside me, right? And and all these different things, it sounds like they're just big trigger points, right? So when I'm face-to-face with someone or out in public and I'm not on social media, maybe me looking at someone, I'm, I'm, I'm going to compare in that situation as well, right? And and that will trigger something. So feels like the issue is still within, right? And I guess, I mean, you must have thought about stuff like this. I mean, what are ways you can almost tackle, like... I mean, the issue is hugely on social media, and I appreciate it's got such a heavy um, uh, effect or whatever. But there's also, it's like when you're away from all that, there's, the issue's still there, right? So do you think it's just a case of the, our influence on people and how we can, I guess, help? And it's just collectively trying to make that better. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what your thoughts on... No, you're exactly right. And it, obviously this topic today was social media, but yeah. like I say, this could be a, a wealth of episodes and mm. there's definitely the real key element about, you know, and I, I hate the term like you know, love yourself because we don't embody positivity as a movement. I was going to ask you about this. What are your thoughts yeah, on the body positivity movement? If you can I, add I think that in there. another real positive with social media is social activism right. on social media and the body positivity, like hashtag the, the movement has got real merit. Mm-hmm. And there are people who uh, have very much fought for their right to have that body positivity movement. It's particularly people who are in more diverse bodies, people who are higher mm-hmm. weight, people who are ethnic minority. And that is 
cool. I'm yes. happy for that. But I think that it's also got a bit of a negative side where it almost has this assumption that everyone should love themselves all the time. Mm. Now, I think, yeah, back to the point about someone being, it's really important that we not necessarily love the skin we're in, but are comfortable in the skin that we're well, in. And that's work. That's mm. self-work. Yeah. And it's, it's this acceptance, I prefer the term body acceptance, where it's like, you know, when you wake up one morning and you don't feel that great, you just feel pretty rubbish. You're yeah. like, oh, I do not want to get out of bed. I'm done. Today yep. I'm done. And it's not yep. even like the start. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the same with like our bodies and the way we think about our bodies. Sometimes you think, oh, I don't feel that great today. You know, uh, I feel pretty bleh. And I think sitting with that and not feeling the ultimate pressure to look a certain way, mm, to be positive. Yeah. The assumption as well as a body image researcher is that we are body positive all the time or feel we love ourselves that's not necessarily the case right, like yeah. we are humans we feel these things but also it's taking ownership of when you do feel great and you're like I feel alive I feel great I look great I am going I'm going to town this yes. is it this is and those kind of things and sitting with that is really important yeah. and that means that in, in in your own day-to-day -day space you're having those thoughts and emotions but another element just to point out the difference between social media and real life is people put their best foot forward on social media mm. yeah whereas in real life you're interacting with people in a different yeah, way they, true. Yeah. you know you you just because you saw what they ate for breakfast on their instagram post doesn't mean like they didn't you know do xyz in and around those things yeah, yeah. so you get more of a real life perspective mm. and that's less harmful it's right. different For sure. yeah but you can still compare yourself to people yeah, in yeah. everyday life yeah. so yeah there's a balance between being comfortable in yourself everyday work knowing that you can feel different ways yeah but in real life interactions are more complex and in, in terms of you have that depth and you sit down with a friend and you have a coffee and you're not worrying about the way that they yeah. look. You're not necessarily worrying about the yeah. way you look. You're like, how's your day? How's yeah. Actual been? connection. Yeah. Connection, right? right? Yeah, not yeah. that like visual mm. feed that you're getting, which is quite surface level. So right. it's, it's very different, but I think you're so right. Yeah. Self-work, important, mm. but don't feel pressured to feel like yeah, you love yourself. I feel like pressure yeah. and that, that pressure is so key actually. Because yeah, yeah when, when you don't feel pressure, you you relax so much more don't you or you you just don't care as much yeah it's weird how it's connected yeah and it's interesting is it like friendship groups if you if you find that you know one could be quite appearance focused and that can sometimes drag the group down a little yeah. bit and you're like yeah. whoa i feel like this is heavy now whereas yeah. like i've got like some friendship groups that are really light and you just have a great time and no and you forget like even take pictures and you're like darn it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no memories except for the ones that stayed yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly but that's really like you, well you come away often feeling more like yes yeah as opposed to those heavy kind of really mm. appearance focused ones i think that's quite interesting there's a lot that could be said about that and yeah. i think we could go yeah, off on a tangent for sure. so yeah. I, I don't want to take, <laughs> take this way too long yes <laughs> and you know what jade we are at the the time where we have yeah. to sadly start wrapping oh, this up so sad i know <laughs> oh, yeah we could literally go forever <sighs> Um, yeah, yeah we were saying exactly before we started filming everyone we were talking about how the three of us just love to talk and how this literally could be a 24 hour podcast should we need to um, like a radio you know what I mean um, but any kind of like next last time. I know next time right we'll make it a whole thing um, but any kind of like last statements anything else you want to add that we maybe didn't touch on um, or even just an encouragement to the people that are listening just kind of like a final final thought if you will yeah I mean I think we've talked about loads so I not to you know go back over any of those things but just yeah the key is to just 
be be accepting of yourself your environment be aware be you know mindful of the spaces you put yourself in the people that you put yourself with the people you Mm. follow um don't feel ultimate pressure to look a certain way despite social media and Mm. advertisers telling you and trying to sell you these these dreams right just know that that doesn't mean you have a happy ending yeah 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 you don't have this happily ever after you just you are your happy ever after you got one body treat it well it's needs to serve you well yeah uh don't bleach it don't do things like those things are harmful they're gonna have a long-term effect so i just think yeah just take care of yourself Mm. that's what i'd say take care of yourself and take care of other people be Mm. respectful of them i love that your own body yeah brilliant amazing oh so good so good yeah (laughs) all right and then jade where can people find you i know on appearance matters um you want to plug that one more time or anything else that you're doing that you want to plug yeah (laughs) go for it this is your space (laughs) no thank you by the way so much this has been amazing and you're both lovely to chat to and i could honestly talk to you all all day um (laughs) so yeah i'm i'm the co-host of appearance matters the podcast which as i said you can get on any podcasts like places you prefer to get your podcasts and yeah also do check out our research center yes. center for appearance research if you google that we're also on uh twitter and instagram and facebook just center for appearance research or Amazing. also car underscore uwe ue car underscore ue those little things you started yes. with just to bring it full circle yes um and that can help you to buffer your feed there we go <laughs> oh, <that was> perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jade. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Yeah. This is amazing. And I'm excited to listen to this one again, yeah. actually. I feel like that's yeah, what we yeah. need. Um, but amazing. Thank you guys for joining us for this week's episode of the Anchor of the Week. And we yeah. will see you soon. Yep. Yeah. See you later. Thank you.